just a little bit. As you grab your Bibles, Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15. We had a great time at men's meeting yesterday. Really enjoy when men can get together and share the things that God has laid on our hearts and to encourage each other. Amen. There's nothing like man of God getting together, building one another up. I love the lesson that was taught yesterday. And as a pastor, we always have so many more things to say. Never give a preacher a mic. That's why I chose to hold my peace. There was a couple things that I was thinking about. Uh, when the lesson began, I thought about, <clears throat> number one, the miraculous supernatural birth that happened in John's life. He could have never been used in the kingdom of God if God didn't intervene and cause something miraculous to happen. He was born supernaturally. And in the process of his life, God allowed him to be separated from the world. And in that separation, in that process of being separated from the world, he, he wasn't like the world. He wasn't like the society that he was birthed into. I want you to think about that. The very clothes he wore was an act of the blood being shed and the clothing that God had given him. It was a sacrifice. There was a death. And John was robed in that death. <laughs> he was robed in that covering. And because he understood who he was, he was, he was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. He humbled himself. He didn't, he didn't eat what everybody else ate. Hello? He didn't act like everybody else acted. <laughs> he allowed God to take him to a place where only God could speak to him. See, we get all caught up in the world where we hear all these voices, but God knows if we don't have a life of separation, it's very hard to receive what God wants to instill in your mind because there's so many other things. And because John was able to recognize this and allow himself to be separated from the world, <laughs> he was not 
able to be influenced by the things of the world. And it was time for him to step into the calling that God had for him. That's why he was able to stand up with boldness and proclaim the word of God, preach the word of God, preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, preach repentance, prepare yourself because Jesus is coming. And even when Jesus was born, there was still a supernatural birth, a manifestation of God's spirit resting on (laughs) the Son of God. And when we're birthed into the kingdom of God, that's why there's a supernatural manifestation with everybody that is born into the kingdom of God. Isn't that power? Do you see how that pulls together? You cannot dispute God's plan. You cannot dispute God's way. You can try. But I don't care how many times you try to buck against truth. Truth will always remain truth. And there's nothing I can do, there's nothing you can do to deviate from that. You could say, I don't believe that and I don't want it. And that's your right, that's your, that's your choice. It's my choice. And it's my decision. Me and Brother Tony talk a lot about decisions, choices. We have that choice. We have a free will to decide. And then we act upon that choice. And John could have said, no, I am not going to do it. It's too much. The weight is too heavy. There's too much against me. I'm carrying too much. But he didn't say that. He even came to a point in his life where, 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 where they came to visit him in prison, Brother George, and, and he says, uh, are, are you the one or should we look, to, look for another? And Jesus pointed him right back to the word of God. He didn't say, yeah, I'm the one. No, no, no. He pointed him back to the scripture because that's where truth is. It doesn't matter what I say if it isn't backed up by the word of God and by truth. It's void. It's void. And because God holds to his word, he was willing to be subject to that very word. (laughs) He was willing to go through the same steps and lead the way like everybody else does and everybody else has to. Does that make sense? That is, that is powerful. So when God moves on our heart to ask us to do something, regardless whether we understand it or not, we just step into it. It's easy to become complacent. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, it says this. It says, now therefore fear the Lord, or reverence. Reverence and fear, uh, respect, it's interchangeable. And serve him with 
or in sincerity. Now, it might not read the same as you have, but I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. End in truth and put away the gods or your old ways, which your fathers or your old man. <laughs> this, this stuff is so deep. I it. served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt or your lifestyle, sin, your former life, your past life, whatever you want to put on it. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil or if you disagree or if it's displeasing to you, If, it's, if you're not disagreeing that God has something better for you, if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord or to give yourself over to God, then choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your flesh, your fathers, your old nature served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. So there's influences on both sides. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now we can go a little bit deeper because Joshua actually is being interpreted Jesus. Jesus says, look, I don't care what anybody else, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to stand for what's right. I'm going to stand for truth. I could preach on that alone right there. But I do have a lesson for you. And I pray that you grab this. And I pray that you hold on to it. And I pray that you carry it with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your tremendous word, Lord. God, you're so good to us and the things that you try to instill into your people, God, to help us each and every day as we go through this shattered world that is becoming more evident every day that we need your word more every single day. Help us, Lord, to have the courage, the reverence, and the respect not only for not only for you god <laughs> but for each other because your word says a house that is divided cannot stand it cannot stand and so i ask you to empower us today and help us as we move forward in your will and in your good pleasure. In Jesus' mighty name. Why don't you put your Bibles down? Why don't you greet one another? Uh, it's good to see Chris here in the house of God with us today. Why don't we give him a hand clap of praise this morning?
yes right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this was uh, a time of great revival, amen, while we were at men's meeting, the girls were at junior camp, and uh, I'm glad my wife made it through, praise God. <coughs> really, she is a child of at heart, amen, and uh, I don't know. Did you go down the slide this year? Uh, I figured, I figured, I figured so. That's yeah, uh, pretty neat. I wanted to just take a few minutes to see if the girls, we had four of them go, wanted to testify of what God did for them. Do you girls want to come up and testify? No? No? Here you go. Put your shoulder What was your favorite part, Ray? You don't have to come up. Just say what your favorite part was, and I'll say it. She liked the water slide. Okay, now you guys have to say something different than the water slide. The snack shack. <laughs> stay here, stay here. Thirty-eight kids got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Church and the water slide. <laughs> okay, you guys can sit down. I'm just gonna say, it was an amazing time. I'm, as usual, very exhausted. I chose to be. Usually, I go and I'm head counselor with my husband, which doesn't entail a lot of work. But this year I was a counselor, and I just kind of wanted to be with the kids, hang out, you know. Um, I had seven girls, so we had five girls from our church that went, and then they gave me two other girls that were single kids from their churches. And those two girls um, both received the Holy Ghost the first day. Our girls were praying hard with them in the altar. I'm, I'm telling you, if you want to be revived in your spirit, you need to go to some children events where the kids lead in the worship because I'm telling you, those kids pray for at least an hour, like nonstop, deep 
intercessory prayer for each other. It's amazing. It's beautiful. They put us to shame. <laughs> Anyways, um, what did I want to say? Okay, so there was 130 kids that went this year. Even while it was COVID, that's the most we have ever had. And then the 38, that was a record, too, that got the Holy Ghost. And um, what else? Oh, I had so much I wanted to say. Uh, help me, guys. What else? Oh, our cabin, our cabin. So we're awesome. Um, we got cabin of the day, the first out of 11 girl cabins. Uh, they judge you on decorations and cleanliness and my girls worked so hard they got cabin of the day the very first day and then so they get to choose like an event laser tag video games or uh this year the, huh well that's a video game right yeah well they chose an escape room does everybody know what an escape room is i've i've never i've heard of it but didn't know what it was about it, um, you go into this room and you're basically locked in this room and you have to figure out all these puzzles and riddles and um, things to be able to move on to the next riddle or whatever to be able to get the clues to get out of the room. And there's a timer of an hour and, um, and it's like Bible scriptures and you know a bunch of stuff they had to figure out. Well, not only did they... Um, win the game and we got out of the escape room but they are also the fastest and they were like these girls are geniuses and a well-oiled machine <laughs> and i said that's because four of them are mine and i can spank them <laughs> you will do it <laughs> anyways i think they had a lot of fun right um, what else? It's just amazing. Like, if you ever get the opportunity, you don't have to have kids to go. Um, you just have to have a heart for kids. You know, in this, in this time, there's so many things that are after our kids in every form and fashion. You know, we lost our granddaughter, you know, in a very unfortunate circumstance, and it's, she's not alone. There's, I'm finding out of hundreds of kids even in our state that this is happening to and you know kids they're just they just need to be paid attention to they need to be loved not just by their own family we just have to if you see a child that you know a lot of times we don't know when kids are struggling and um just gotta love the kids How about you tell it? She wants to tell you how we won the escape room. So we did all the rest of the tests. There was only one that we that was a four digit. We figured it out because grandma, there was this paper. We had to use a mirror. She read it wrong. We figured it out. We opened it and we didn't know what else to do because there was only necklaces and there was crowns. And um, there was two things that about you are a king and queen and there was something you're, you're like, like that and then I'm like there's there's crowns and then we put we all put the crowns on and they said we won because they put on the crowns of grace because there was two messages of it I don't know exactly what it is <laughs> <laughs> anyways I'll give it back. I'll keep the microphone away from that little girl 
Amen. Well, God is good. It's so important to allow our children to go go spend time with other children. That's, that's tremendous that they were able to pray with each other for over an hour. And I've been there where it's been, it's been longer. So um, please, if you can ever allow your kids to go to junior camp, it's so, so, so very important. It really is. It really is. Amen. Reverence is... It's a deep respect for something or, or someone. So when respect is mentioned in the Bible, it's really pointing to the understanding that one should respect God, respect his word, and respect his church, his people. His family. Now, <laughs> I have to ask you this. Does this mean that we agree with everything that God says? Do we agree with everything that God's word, uh, everything that we read? Does it mean that we agree with everything our family members talk about? And I wish I could be totally honest with you and say, uh, yes, I agree with all those, but there's some things that I just don't agree with. But because I have respect, I just allow myself to conform as long as it lines up with the Word of God, as long as it includes truth. Respect means that you might accept somebody for who they are, or you might... Uh, might ex respect means that you accept somebody for who they are even when they're different from you or the things that you don't agree with. Respect in your relationships builds feelings of trust, safety, and well-being. Respect <laughs> doesn't always come naturally. Why? Because respect is something that you learned or you're in the process of learning. In other words, respect is a matter of choice. After God had given his people the land flowing with milk and honey, the people became complacent in their lifestyle toward God, toward the things of God. And in reading this short setting, there's a hidden notion in the words of Joshua that the Israelites were beginning to drift from the one, the very one who had delivered them from their enemies. How is it that God's people became so used to God's blessings and yet failed to acknowledge God who was the blessing giver. Think about that. How do we lose sight of God, the one that blesses us? 
the one that gives us promises, the one that protects us. Did Israel lose touch with God? You see, the reverence for God was becoming a thing of the past. The reverence for the people of God were becoming a thing of the past. The respect for their family members were becoming a thing of the past. They stopped being truthful about themselves and found themselves slipping away from God. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 14 says this again, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. I already told you in a picture or a type or a shadow what this really meant. Amen. And serve ye the Lord. You see, when respect is lost for the things of God, when respect is lost for the things of God, it quickly transitions over into the church. It quickly transitions over into your family members. There is an outside influence that is causing you to have a wrong or causing me, causing us to have or question God, question God's motives. And we lose sight of what God has really done for us and where God has brought us from. In Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7, which is a profound Setting, it said, God admonished Cain by saying, Will you not be accepted? He asked a question. He brings us to this place where we answer this on our own free will. Will you, will you not be accepted if you do the right thing? But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Why? Because it goes on and explains, because sin is an animal. And it's crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it. You must take control of it. And you must be a master of the thing that's trying to control you. The greatest example in the Word of God of this display of masterhood is Paul. He was a master of circumstances. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was falsely accused. And yet he maintained his integrity toward God. And because he maintained his integrity toward God, 
everybody else around him was influenced by his actions. <laughs> Praise God. When we have a right standing in God, we shut the door for sin, this animal to jump on you and control you and cause you to do things that are contrary to the things of God and to the will of God. Psalms chapter 86 and verse 11 says this, Teach me thy way, the mind. Teach me, instill into my mind the way, O Lord, and I will walk body in thy truth. I will move in thy word and thy truth because you have taught my mind. Unite my heart, which is my emotions, to fear thy name, mind, heart, and body. It's talking about a balanced individual. You cannot serve God with just your heart. You cannot serve God with just your mind. You cannot serve God with just your body. You cannot serve God with your body and your mind because if you leave your heart out of it, you're missing a very important mechanism. And so on, and so on, and so on. You have to allow your entire being to be influenced by the Word of God. I meet so many people that say, yes, I love God, I serve God, I've forgiven whatever, and, and, and I'm just walking in the will of God. But their actions display something totally different than what they proclaim or who they proclaim they are. And what that does is it causes a division. It causes a relationship to be fractured. It allows cracks to divide something so precious that God has brought together. And so how can a fractured relationship be restored back to what it once was. Well, there's seven steps to this process. The first step, obviously, is always, always prayer. Always prayer. Before we ever get into a situation, we need to be connected to God. Now, in my thought process and what I did is I looked at this word respect and I I went through each individual letter and I tried to I tried to think of a word that would help me and hopefully it'll help you as we go through these letters the first word that came to my mind was reconciliation Reconciliation means to adjust the way we think about a fact or situation so we can accept both or change something slightly about myself. Not somebody else. Not the one that I'm mad at. I can't change a person. I can't change an individual. 
I can only change my actions. I can only change what, what, what God asks of me to change. I can't point fingers. I cannot deviate from my own actions. I can't justify what I'm doing or how I'm feeling by pushing the blame off of somebody else. Could you imagine if God did that to us? I have to allow myself to change. Why? So I can be more effective toward kingdom purpose. In 2 Corinthians 5.19, it says this, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Could you imagine if he said, man, they're, they're, just, they're all against me, and, 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 and they were. But it wasn't what they could do to fix the situation. It's what he could do to fix the situation. It wasn't the name, blame, grab it, slab it, whatever you say. How can I fix this? How can my actions, how can I put into action what God has placed in my heart, uh, my mind, and, and how it filtered into my heart so I can move in the direction that God has, has wanted me to move in? Do we, do we have that slide, Brother Godfrey? Am, I, I want to ask, I'm going to ask myself this, and you can ask yourself this too. Am I humble enough to accept my own weaknesses? Are you, are, are you going to allow yourself to come face to face with yourself, your own weaknesses, as God changes my way of thinking. It's my choice. It's what I choose to do. I don't have to do that. But if I want to be effective in kingdom purpose, I must do that. I want to be effective. I want to be an influence in this world and in this church. And the only way that I can do it is to come face to face with first me telling myself that I need God. I, 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 I'm weak, God. I can't make it on my own. And then I come face to face with God because I know that the truth of God's word is the only thing that can help me. It's the only thing that can help me. And so, when I understand that, I go to the next step, which is really evaluating myself. Evaluate means to judge the quality, importance, or value. Everyone say value of someone or something as we form an opinion 
or decide about something or someone, especially after thinking carefully about what is most important in life. There's so much in that. There's so much meat in that. But if I could grab anything out of it, it would just simply be, before I do anything, before I make a decision, I need to think carefully what's going to happen through my actions. What's going to be the outcome? Who am I going to affect? Who am I going to influence? What's going to be the result of my actions towards something or someone? The last thing I would ever want to do is influence somebody negatively and cause them to lose out with God. Because too many times we are focused on our own problems and our own selfishness that we lose sight of what God is trying to do in his church and in the world. He doesn't want anybody to perish. I don't care how bad they treat you. I don't care what they do to you. If Jesus would have went down that road, he would have got off the cross and he says, I ain't going another step. But he didn't do that. He was willing to suffer. He was willing to take it upon himself. And he was willing to say, whatever happens in my, wife, my life, not my wife, praise God, I am going to be a testimony to the world. And he was. Leviticus chapter 13 and verse 3, very powerful as I was looking at this last night. The priest will examine the affected area of the skin. If the hair, talking about uh, leprosy, which is a type of sin, if the hair in the affected area has turned white and the problem appears to be more than skin deep. Oh, wow. That's why God's word is so powerful. Because I don't care what you try to hide. It's going to penetrate. It's going to get down under the skin. You can't hide from God. You can't hide from truth. More than that, you can't hide from yourself. It's impossible. I don't care how many corners you tuck into, how many closets you climb into. Yourself will always find yourself because God has put a conscience inside of you. It is a mechanism, amen. And God, that's how God speaks to you. It is a serious skin disease. And the priest who examine, examines it must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean. In other words, when God allows you to see these things, who is the high priest, we have to come to the realization that, yeah, 
I've got an issue. There's something wrong. I appreciate you, God, for showing me these things. And so the next question is, is my evaluation of my situation, my situation, not me, beneficial? Is it beneficial? Is it benefiting? Not destructive. Is it beneficial towards those in the kingdom of God? Towards kingdom purposes? Are my actions displaying God's nature? Am I influencing people in the correct way? You see, it's all about kingdom purpose. Kingdom of God. Souls that are searching, that are looking. I cannot be effective in the kingdom of God if I'm trying to destroy, tear down others by my words and by my actions. Can't do it. Because I've come to the realization that it's, it's not a surface problem it's something that is rooted inside. It is skin deep, praise God. And if God doesn't fix the nature, the carnal nature, the fleshly nature, the human nature that is deep inside of me, amen, that I can't control on myself, I need help. It has to be something that is supernatural, which is the next word that I can tap into. Supernatural means something that happens by forces that cannot be explained by science. Intervention from a person or group who combines forces with another person or group, or group agree to work together. How can I work together if I'm constantly fighting if I'm constantly struggling, if I don't trust, if I don't make myself vulnerable. How can I do that? How can I be effective in the kingdom of God? How can I influence people? You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool people all the time. Eventually, your character is going to rise up. It's going to come to the surface. It's going to show itself. Praise the Lord. Matthew 18 and 19 says, I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on this earth, horizontal, concerning anything you ask, my father, vertical, In heaven will do it for you, for me, for us. It's a team effort. It's a partnership. We work together in this thing. I am not an island to myself. I need the body of the Lord, praise God. I need someone to hold me up in prayer. 
I need someone to lift me. I'm just a man, praise God. You're just a man. You're just a woman, amen. And so the next slide says, when we allow God, when we allow God to step in and help us, God empowers us to do what we cannot do on our own. Isn't it awesome to be able, be able to rely on God? I wish, I pray that I could help you. I, 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 I can lead you and I can guide you and you can lead me and you can guide me, but I cannot make you drink the water. I can't do it. I, there's, that's an action that you have to take. That's an action that I have to take. These are things that I must do if I want to grow in God. Because if I do not allow myself to be, to be molded by God, I allow myself to be stuck in this prison of life. I am held captive by my own emotions. I am held captive by my own mind. And no matter how much or how free or how much liberty I think I have, I don't have it because I do not allow God to work in my life. He can never release the chains from me if I don't come face to face with myself. And so the only way that can happen is through personal involvement. Personal involvement. Personal involvement means an action that is done directly without anything coming in between. Ooh, think about that. What's stopping you from growing in God? Selfishness? Envy? Jealousy? Control? Pride? What's stopping me from growing in God? I know what my weaknesses are, and I wish I could hide them from my wife, but I can't because she knows a lot of them too. And I have to come to the place of repentance, and I have to, as hard as it is, and yes, sometimes it is hard for me, and I'm sorry. It's just me, and it's things that I deal with, and these are my weaknesses. I have to get off my bed after sopping like a little baby and go to her. And sometimes I don't even say anything. Sometimes I'll just go and be next to her, and she knows. She knows how hard and difficult it is for me to make that step. And she doesn't push me away. She, she, oh. Because I know she loves me. And then I open my mouth and Because I don't want anything to come between me and her relationship. We have too much writing on this thing. Or getting another person to do it for a particular purpose. What's a particular purpose? <laughs> to satisfy my needs. Manipulating. Manipulating the situation. 
I don't have to buy my wife's love, Brother George. I don't, I, I don't have to do that. Why? Because she loves me. She doesn't have to buy my love. I know I can't buy her love because she has all my money. It's true. I don't even get an allowance. But I'm so, I'm so, 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 so blessed. And it is, it is something that I, because I love her, I do that. And guess what? The key to relationship is simply this. If you love someone, you're going to do it for them, and they're going to respect you for it. You want a healthy relationship? That's the key. Doesn't mean you always agree with somebody. Doesn't even mean you're always going to get along. Because we're human beings. It, it, it just doesn't work that way, but it's coming to the understanding and it's activating God's power in your life to get up out of your little place of feeling sorry for yourself and going to the one that God has put together, that God has put into your life. And it can be anybody in this place today. Now we think, of, I, I'm talking about me and my wife, but it could be anybody in the family of God. And it's willing to accept that, really, really in sincerity and truth, accept that. And not turn around a week later and say, no, 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 no. That isn't forgiveness. Forgiveness is not saying I forgive you, but I require something back. That isn't forgiveness. Forgiveness is saying I accept it and I forgive you. And regardless whether you say anything back toward me or respond in any way, I'm still going to forgive you. I'm still going to love you. Regardless. Regardless of how you act toward me, regardless of how you respond toward me. Personal involvement. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Our power and our strength is through God. Our next slide says this. Am I harboring pride and insecurities that are causing me to withdraw from building God's house? Are we boxed up in this place of fear and insecurity and pride and everything else that is in our little box that we're so comfortable with? I'm tired of living in a box. There's a bigger world outside beyond the box. A box can only take you so far. We, we, we must allow ourselves to break out. Praise God. 
The next letter is E, experience. Experience means the process of gaining knowledge or skill that you and me develop through training and experience that is useful in the area or the job that God has us in. Experiences for doing, for seeing, or feeling things. I made a little note here. Practice makes perfect. Or practice helps us to get better. When the Bible uses perfect in the Bible, it's really talking about maturity. Growing up. Growing up in the things of God. Allowing God to work in our lives, amen, as we move forward in the kingdom of God and as we are influences toward others that God puts in front of us. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10 says this, Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms or people of the world, people of all colors, races, creed, everything, peoples and kingdoms. Some of some you must uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. It's not, I'm not talking about other individuals. I'm talking about us. The question that I have, and hit that next slide, brother, unless you already have. Am I limiting my life experiences that I have learned to negatively alter what God wants for in time revival. That's what it's all about. It's all about growing the church, growing the kingdom of God. And God allows us to go through certain things in, in life. There's so many examples in the word of God that God allowed his people to go through things, go through the things of the world, Moses was one of them. He went through 80 years in his first 80 years of life. 40 years in Egypt. 40 years in the desert. And then God was able to use him because of life experiences. Things he learned. He learned how to build. He learned how to develop. He got his mind sharp, praise God. Don't ever discount where you are in the world. I'm not talking the church. I'm talking the world where God has you because God is using these experiences so he, so he can develop the kingdom of God and his bride. That's why you're in the position you're in. Don't ever feel sad because you're doing something. God knows where you are. He knows where you are. And so we take those experiences and we transition them over into the kingdom of God for kingdom purpose, for end time revival. So you can use the skills that you have developed in the world and some of those skills are emotional things. Things that we learn, people that we deal with so we know and 
individuals come into the church of the living God or when we meet somebody, amen, that is struggling in a specific area, we know how to handle it because of the experiences we've been through. But if we hold back and we don't allow ourselves to be used, then everything that God has allowed us to go through is for naught. And the investment, the investment that God has made in our lives doesn't fit the standard that God wants for in time revival. And so we must calculate. Calculate means to judge not only the value, again, say value, of someone or something by using information, but what is most important in life. What's most important in life? Where are your priorities? Ooh, it's quiet in here. That your own self wants. Nothing wrong with having stuff. But is that your priority? Let me tell you what your priority should be. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because when your heart is right with God, everything else is added unto you. You want peace in your life? Seek God's righteousness. You want joy in your life? Seek God's righteousness. If you're not right with God, the joy and peace that you are experiencing or that you might be experiencing is only temporary. It will only last so long. Because when we leave God out of the picture, there's no eternal value, no good eternal value in what we are doing. There's nothing that's going to last. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 says, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it. My next question is simply this. Did I calculate the cost of my investment when I told God <laughs> that I would do anything? You ever say that? I have. You ever fail? I have. Because we don't realize that when we say, God, we will do anything, God puts us into a position to do anything. And you say, why? Well, anything but that, God. But you see, truth is truth. And when you speak it, it reflects back on you. No, 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 son. You said anything. Anything. 
And we don't calculate that. We don't understand that. We look at the glamour and we look at all the other things, amen, besides the consequences of getting to the place where God is trying to take us to. We don't understand the cost. And so we get so involved in doing what God wants us to do that when God throws another layer on it, these are unforeseen things that we just... I'm not qualified to do that. I don't have experience to do that. If you didn't have experience to do it, he wouldn't call you to do it. It's all about helping individuals get to a higher place in God. And sometimes it's a process. Sometimes there's pain and sometimes there's suffering. And sometimes it's a heavy cost. It's giving up of yourself. It's putting away your selfish motives. The greatest thing I've learned in sales is creating value. When you create value, the price, the the price is non-existent. I know you probably don't understand what that means, but the more value, the more I say I'm going to do for someone, they don't look at the money aspect. They're saying, wow, I'm getting all this. How much are you putting into it? Don't stop in the middle of the building program. I don't care how many times they say they're going to show up and they don't show up. You keep at it. You keep going. You keep persevering. It's not about you. Don't get mad because someone doesn't show up. You pray for them and you submit yourselves to God. And you say, God, I don't understand why they're not here. But that's not up to me, God. It's up to you. You humble yourself and you pray. You say, God, I can't do anything about it. And you're right, you can't do anything about it. Did I calculate the cost of my investment when I told God I would do anything? Finally, the last Letter of respect is train. Train means to be directed or teach a person or a group of people about an idea for the purpose of moving together. To be connected like the connected parts of a machine. As to be pulled together. To give someone knowledge or to train someone To instruct for understanding, thought, or picture in your mind. What do I want to achieve? How many Bible studies do I want? Can you see the individual you are training 
receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name and living a holy and separated life? Are they worth the investment? Is there value in what God has called you to do? Genesis chapter 14 and verse 14, when Abraham heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized 318, I believe, trained men who had been born into his household. He was the father of faith. And there were births taking place in his house. There was a born again or born, there was an experience. It was an intervention from God where these individuals were being born into faith. And as Abraham worked with these individuals, when Abraham needed help, amen, they came together and they mobilized as a team because this is how they were trained. Then he pursued Keto Lamar, or whatever, his army, until they caught up with him in Dan and they retrieved the very thing that was lost. He didn't give up. To be a servant, to be a leader, to train somebody, or to be in training is not the act of driving. You're not driving someone. It, it, it takes practice and it takes patience. It's pulling by love. It's leading by compassion. It's, it, it's, it's directing through long-suffering as, everyone say, I. As I remain faithful to God. Not them. That's our goal. Our goal is for them to remain faithful to God. But, a, but, but as we move toward the direction that God has called us to, whoever is following, whoever is connected, whoever we influenced... is being affected by our compassion, our long-suffering, our love for them, our love for God. And as we work together, and I'm, I'm closing, where's Sister Tamara? God is allowed to step in And do what only God can do. Praise God. Let's all stand this morning. God has taken us somewhere. I want to be used of God. I just want to be a vessel. Praise God. 
I'm not going to say I want to do everything for God because I know what God will do. But help me, God. Give me understanding, Lord. Help me see what I cannot see, what I don't have the capability to see. And give me the wisdom to act the way you want me to act because I want, I want your purpose, God, to be fulfilled. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus. Again, Joshua chapter 24, 14. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. The key words, Brother Brad, is sincerity and truth. Do you know, do you realize that Jesus does not accept everybody? Do you, do you realize that? There were people over and over again in the Bible that wanted to see him, but he rejected them. Why? Because he knew their heart. The Greek philosophers, they wanted to see him. Well, I think it's time for Jesus to see me now. And the Bible is emphatic when it says, and Jesus did not see them. Because they wanted, to, they wanted to elevate their ideas. They wanted knowledge. Jesus wanted relationship. He wanted relationship. Why don't we lift our hands and why don't we thank him today for what he's done in this place. Brother Godfrey. Mighty God, we praise you, Lord, and we love you, Jesus. We ask you, God, to help us minister to our hearts today, Lord. In the awesome name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. I'm going to open these altars. I would ask that everybody come and just talk to the Lord just for a few minutes. Amen.